Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode three. I think I'm still a little bit jet lagged from my Caribbean holiday, as was obvious when I sat down to put together the episode and realised that throughout our whole recording, I had not switched on my microphone. It seems that I was solely relying on the inbuilt microphone, so I have to say it did take a lot of work to adjust the sound to give you the best possible result, and actually I think we got away with it, so I I do hope you agree. Um, Anyway, meanwhile we had a lot of fun recording it, so I hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to the show. By the time this show airs, Art Journal Journey will be over and the new February challenges will be in full swing. But I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's taken part. If you want to take a look at some of the pages that have been created, take a look at the hashtag Art Journal January uh, on Instagram or have a look at hashtag Kicking the Creatives. We've also got a blog post where we share a few of the pages that some of the artists have created. I uh, just want to mention the few that I really liked. There were some shoe paintings by Shelley Hicks Cameron. Uh, Laura Renfrew, I hope I'm saying that right, she did some really cute cartoons. I'm going to do a massive list here. Anna Sellers did a really nice shield drawing. Uh, Bridget... I don't know how to say her last name. Weisslisbach, is that right, I Sandra? Don't, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, Vicklisbach Vic, Vic or something, I think. Oh, <laughs> but right. We know Bridget. Sorry, Bridget. Really <laughs> she's done a lot, hasn't she, Bridget? She's yeah, she's been great. I loved her cocktail drawing, and there was there was just loads more. And it's also really nice to see loads of people in the Facebook group now. And just one person I want to mention that was Yvonne Hanson Wilkes, and she isn't really an artist as she says herself and she doesn't really um, draw but she decided she was going to give art journal a go just for the sort of therapeutic effect of it and just for fun really so she's just been um she's given a few pages a go as well oh, i really hope she carries on i yeah, really do maybe too. she can maybe she can do the uh, february faces and she could have a whole creative year and, and be an artist by the end of it <laughs> yeah you never know do you i know she no, got quite keen she was gonna buy some you know some arty bits so you never know. Yeah. Well, we've all, you know, we all started there, didn't we, at that point, as saying we're not, I'm not an artist. So, yeah, definitely go for it. Um, you, you might remember from our last episode um, that I went off on holiday for two weeks in January. So um, I was watching from afar. Um, and despite sunning myself in the Caribbean, I've really felt like I was actually missing out. <laughs> Don't get the violins out, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I did I did catch up whenever I had a chance and, and it was so fantastic to see all of these amazing journal pages appearing as a result of Art Journal January. It was just a bit sad for me that I wasn't able to take part. Um, never mind, I drowned myself <laughs> in sunshine and cocktails instead, you know. <laughs> Um, but Tara, you 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 have taken part in, in Art Journal January and, and I have to say some of your pages made me literally laugh out loud. There was one in particular, I don't know if everyone has seen this, um, but you did a sketch of a toad. Like oh, a little yeah. sort of painting of a toad. Yeah. They had some kind of mind-boggling caption. Wasn't it something like, um, don't let a toad follow you to Australia or something? Yeah. <laughs> it makes me wonder how your brain works. <laughs> Bearing in mind that everyone treats an art journal in a different way. So personally, for instance, I would use mine to illustrate what I did that day. But unless you've planned a holiday down under and are running away from a toad, clearly you've got your own unique way of using an art journal. But but how did you find, or I know we've not quite finished yet, so how, how have you found the challenge? Well, that, that toad one was actually a, I think I, I mentioned it, I, I don't know if I'd been dreaming or what, but I just woke up with that phrase in my head. So it was part of my day in a weird way. But um, <laughs> I've been I've been loving, because we, we don't know whether to talk in past tense here, do we? Or future tense or well, whatever. We're, we're, we're talking, we're actually recording this, um, I don't even know what date it is, 24th, 24th. 24th. So we're kind of nearly at the end, but by the time this airs, it'll be, you know, over and we'll be on to February challenges but yeah so we may or may not speak about this in past tense or <laughs> you just have to bear with us <laughs> yes so I've been I've been loving it 
and I'm slightly hating it <laughs> because <laughs> and what I mean is I, I really love the fact that it makes me create something every day because because I really need a challenge I find that if I haven't even got it's even if it's a self, self-imposed challenge I need something in order to kind of spur me on and you need that cross on the calendar to say you've done it so um yeah I, I have been loving it but I've just got to that kind of low point I think you get to in every challenge when you think do you know what I kind of need a change now and I want to do something a little bit different. So I'm really looking forward to, to the faces challenge. Uh, like some days I really couldn't be bothered. So um, I just did a really quick doodle or a sketch. I did, I did a dreadful one the other day, which I was about a spreadsheet monster because I've got to do my accounts. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> like a weed fix. Um, so, yeah, so some days. But I do think it's important that you kind of almost try and and it's a horrible word to say, you don't make yourself do it, but you do something. So I just think it keeps that momentum going, even if it's just a simple little doodle on a page. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember taking part in one challenge a few years ago, and it was it was only a 75, well, it was 75-day sketch challenge, and I remember having that same feeling of, oh, God, I really don't want to draw today. And so I'd, I'd draw something like my pencil. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous because it was barely a drawing really but it, I, I at least I could tell myself I'd done something and then the following day I'd, I'd probably feel more like drawing so I'd draw something a bit you know more involved but um yeah I mean that's the thing about these challenges they can get a little bit um yeah it, it, uh, in the end you're kind of desperate for it to be over sometimes <laughs> aren't you but how did you how did you um fit it all in then because I know you're really busy especially since you've met me <laughs> so how did you how did you manage to fit it in around your normal day how did you manage your time well I was doing my normal stuff kind of in the morning and then I tended to do my art journal page not at the beginning I think the first few days I actually did it in the morning but um sort of around sort of now and later on I was doing it about four o'clock four thirty so I'd get everything else out of the way um I'm lucky obviously that I work at home and then I'd sort of get my page in and I try not to spend more than say about an hour on it each time mm, so, yeah mm. so I was fitting it in but I say sometimes you just thought I felt like I should be doing and it's terrible to say this proper work you know in inverted commas instead <laughs> when when really the, who knows what's to come of doing this you know you don't know if you're going to come up with some amazing style and you know that could go into a book or you know it could be something that eventually you you make into a career or or it can just be fun and you know you enjoy it so yeah I, it's hard not to think of it as something frivolous yeah I, I know I yeah. know exactly what you mean it's even even like me when I do my paintings I mean obviously I I paint and I sell my paintings but even though I sell my paintings I don't sell every single painting I ever do and I I often feel that I'm doing something I shouldn't be <laughs> even though <laughs> nine times out of ten I do sell the paintings so it's it's funny isn't it yeah. I think it's we have this thing in our head that if we enjoy something it can't possibly be work that's you know yeah I mean? that is totally it really it's is like a, it's like almost like a guilt thing isn't it well do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny, no. isn't it? But but this episode, I mean, it's really all about how to kick our inner critic's butt. Um, but before we start on that, did you at any point find that your own inner critic was getting in the way during the challenge? I mean, I, I think the answer I already know because I'm sure that nearly every post you ever wrote was this is crap or something like that. So I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but go on. What did, I don't what, think I was, you... I didn't use the word crap. I think you did a couple of times. <laughs> I might have done. Um, well, pants, pants. Yeah, pants was it, yeah. Uh, I, I think, yes, because I think one of my problems is that I love the idea so a lot of the stuff I did, I did a few drawings, you know, just drawings in themselves. But a lot of the stuff I like to do, I get um, get the prompt maybe and I, I think of a little idea around the prompt or, you know, concept or something. And mm. I get so excited about that idea that I just want to execute it really quick. And I enjoy the idea probably more than the execution. So I tend to then like do a real rush job on the drawing. Mm. And so I know when I look back at it, I think, well, I could have drawn that better. You know, it's not, it's not that brilliant. So what I've been trying to do is learn to like enjoy doing the page for itself and to allow myself to experiment. So I've done some quite like weird experiments in that book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like I think, I don't know if you saw the one where I put tea on the page and tea bags. Oh, I didn't see that one. No. <laughs> right. Well, there's one that was a prompt called drink. So I um, spread the whole page in the morning with, 
acrylic paints. And then I thought, oh, I'll put a tea bag on the page. So I thought, only you. <laughs> I thought, I'll empty out. Um, actually, I think I did see that one. Yeah. Because I'm sure I've seen them all. I'm sure I caught out with everything. And, and actually, it, did, it didn't look like it was painted with tea, did it? It was like on a green background, wasn't That's it? That's it, yeah. Oh, but, I did see it. Yeah, yeah, sprinkled tea on. But mm-hmm. now it's like keeps falling out of the book. But yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think doing stuff like that, I have quite enjoy, enjoyed doing stuff like that because, again, I think for me, I, I would quite like to find a style that where I, if I get an idea that I could execute in that style without, you know, without debating too much how I'm going to draw it, if that makes yeah, without sense. without having that little voice yeah. um, in your head saying, oh, you know, what's this? Why are you doing this? You know, I mean, the, the problem with doing what we do, I think, is that we can spend an awful lot of time on our own with just that one voice for company. Um, and it's so hard not to listen to it. I mean, I'm, I know for one, my, my own uh, inner critic has got a megaphone. <laughs> <laughs> he sits on my shoulder shouting at me. But we, we all see this this inner critic as our enemy. But I think the secret here um, is, to cha- is to basically change our inner critic status from foe to friend, um, which sounds a bit weird. But it's important to understand that all that annoying little voice is trying to do is to prevent us from making a mistake or embarrassing ourselves or failing. And by understanding that, I think you should be able to see it in a different way. Um, but the problem with, you know, this little voice trying to prevent us from failing um, is that it often prevents us from doing anything at all. So, I mean, why is it so paralysing? Where does the voice even come from? I know you've got your own theory, haven't you, Tara, on this? Or is this something you read somewhere no, else? No, I've either read or heard this on a podcast. I can't remember which, but supposedly it comes from our caveman days. And mm. in those times, it was more important that our brain warn us about the big dangers, like, you know, the big bear that's about to eat us than you know to praise us for the amazing berries that we've just yeah. found yeah so the whole bias was like towards this protection sort of thing and, and now i think it's just carried over but obviously we're, we're highly unlikely to get eaten by a bear <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but it's still sort of protecting us and our feelings you know it's for putting ourselves out there i guess well it kind of protects us but at the same time it it hurts our feelings at the same time, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's overdoing it, basically, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, one thing's for sure, it's important not to shut the voice up altogether. Um, I think we actually need it. Um, we need that, I keep calling it the voice. I mean, what else can you call it? But we need it to strive, you know, to help us strive to improve and get better, um, to point out our mistakes so we can work on improving them. Um but what we've got to do is quieten the voice down. So the balance needs to be just right. And that can be really tricky, I think. Um, so I, I kind of think that when it's telling you you can't do something, you've got to treat it like a friend who's challenging you to test your skills. Um, the problem is one thing our inner critic does not have is a single element of tact. So we've all got that one friend, haven't we, who could, you know, we could ask that famous question, does my bum look big in this? <laughs> so. Someone who isn't close to us, they would be maybe too scared to tell the truth. They might just say, um, your bum looks just fine in that. (laughs) As your husband, your husband and your boyfriend. (laughs) And that's all that's all very well and good. But then that leaves you clueless as to how you actually look. Um, But your best friend, on the other hand, would most likely say something a little more truthful, uh, something along the lines of, I've seen you in better. so that's both honest and tactful. Do you know what I mean? It's not saying something awful. It's just being honest, but putting it yeah. in a, a better way. Now, you're in a critic. Um, it is your friend for sure, but it has no social skills whatsoever. So if you ask it that same question, it will simply tell you that you look like the back end of a double-decker bus. Um, and that might be telling you the truth or even exaggerating for, for effect, but but the way it puts things, it, it can really hurt. Um, so when it tells you that your sketch is rubbish, you know, it's hard not to believe it. But the truth is what it's really saying is that you can do better um, and it's just a lesson and a stepping stone to something better. Um, it's just not very good at being gentle. Yeah, I mean, I remember someone saying it's very similar to what you just said, but that if that inner critic, if there was really a person there, so they came around your house, you know, 
and they said the things to you that your inner critic is saying, you wouldn't let them back in your house. You would you would chuck them straight out because it would yeah. just it would just be so rude. You know, you wouldn't have them there. So it's very similar. But but I tell you what I found is is that what you think about something as well is totally different sometimes to what other people think about what you've done. So I was posting my work in an art journal forum as well as, you know, in our Facebook group. And I'd put up stuff that, to be honest, I thought was a bit pants and probably some of the worst, you know, drawings, in my opinion, I'd done. And people were saying, I love this. And it's like, so you don't, I think we've said this before, you really don't know what, other people are going to like no you don't and also you don't know what to believe as well it's hard to believe when someone loves something isn't it you kind of find yourself saying really (laughs) (laughs) or are they just being kind or do you know what I mean yeah yeah I totally do but um I think it's important to to realize that every single artist everywhere I'm sure no matter what their level go through periods of self-doubt and that's completely normal um and to be honest, the best way to deal with it, fake it until you make it. Just keep on working and and definitely try not to compare your work to anyone else. I mean, you've got to be realistic about your own skill levels and experience. Um, for example, the lady you were talking about earlier. Sorry, I've completely forgotten the name. But, um, where she's oh, just started. Uh, Yvonne um, just started her own, you know, art journal. I mean, she's possibly, I don't know this, but she's possibly found that she's sort of comparing herself to other people, thinking, oh, you know, because she's just started. But the important thing to realise is she's just started. Um, so it's it's knowing where you are and you should never compare yourself to anybody else. Um, you've, you can only really compare yourself to yourself, if you know what I mean, to what you've done. Um, but just carry on and don't let your own... Um, you know, uh, lack of confidence crush you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the same thing with Yvonne you were just talking about. I mean, her words are really nice. So although perhaps she, her art skills aren't up there yet, she's got really nice words. So, you know, she could even use those on her own, you know, on their own, just make a really yeah. nice journal with words. Or, yeah. you know, eventually if she practices a bit more, you know, she's going to be creating some great stuff. I've seen some journals as well where, People haven't necessarily drawn anything, but they've 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 written, but they've made their text almost an art form in itself. Um, I mean, oh, was it Bridget? Was, I think I actually mentioned to Bridget on Instagram. I wish I could just have her handwriting because that that's an art form in itself. And I've I've just got this chicken scrawl that, do you know what I mean? I always think it lets my pages down. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can do some amazing things even just with text, can't you? Lettering and and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, oh. I, I love British writing and I'm absolutely, I'm like you, I'm terrible at writing. But a weird thing I um, discovered when I was doing cartoons was I started doing, because I thought, oh, I wish I could just write it straight. I just want it nice and straight and even. And whatever I did, you know, it wasn't going to happen, basically. So I thought, well, let's try going with it and I'll make it even more wonky, even more like so it doesn't line up. And then I so I did this thing and I thought, okay, it looks, looks a lot better. It's still not great, but it looks a lot better. And then someone said to me, oh, what font are you using for that cartoon? Because I, oh, really, I really like it. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Well, I know what you mean because some of your, your art journal pages have been, you know, with that sort of, um, it's, it's in, almost like in capitals, isn't it? And then yeah. one, maybe the O might be small and lower down and then the N might be large and slightly higher up. And it looks so quirky. Just accentuate like your mistake. That was uh, basically. <clears throat> the problem with my writing is I think with my day job over there, because I used to have lovely handwriting um, and I couldn't do it now like that because I think my day job, um, I'm quite often having to just scribble notes down really fast and I've kind of got really lazy about it and that's almost how I write now, just scribbling things down. So when you've, you know, when I've done an art page, I've got a sketchbook obviously full of sketches and um Sometimes I think, oh, I'll write something here, and I think, oh God, I'm just going to ruin it if I do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I liked what you did. I, I I would like actually to do some kind of text challenge in the future to kind of create text and create use it creatively. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of think about that one. Yeah, I think we talked about that before. We, we need to find someone who's really good at it, don't we, to give us some tips? Mm-hmm. Maybe ask Bridget, give us yeah. some tips. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I was just going to say, sort of going back to like. Um, 
how we were saying, you know, don't don't judge yourself against anyone else. I think mm. one of the things to think about nowadays is there's such a huge variety of styles out there, and it's mm. not necessarily the best artists who are the most successful. Um, it's really hard to compare yourself. So if you've got someone who does something like really highly realistic and beautiful, but then you've got someone else, and I'm not going to mention my art crush again, but who does really doodly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he does really nice, you know, (laughs) really nice scribbly drawings. Um, Then, God, I've lost my track now. (laughs) Then you're thinking about his doodles. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yes. So then, yeah, you can't compare yourself because somebody might love the naivety and the simpleness of you know this quirky drawing to the highly realistic one. Even though you might say the other one has more kind of artistic merit, you know, as a traditional sort of way of looking at it. Yeah. And, and I recently watched a Skillshare class. I don't know if I've mentioned this before or not, with an artist called Chantelle Martin. And she seems to be doing absolutely amazingly. She seems to have got work from really big brands. And she does this stuff. And again, it's like a doodle type effect, just in black and white. But literally, it's, it's almost like a continuous line doodle. And then she goes in and adds faces and stuff to sort of the shapes she's created. And if you look at her work, like pretty much anyone could emulate it. I don't mean to be disrespectful to her, but she'd probably even say herself she's teaching it. So it's not, it's not beyond the realms of anyone to create something similar. And yet, you know, she's doing brilliant or she appears to be doing brilliantly for herself. And she, she appears to have total confidence in her work. And it's, you know, it's very effective, but you probably wouldn't look at it and say, oh, wow, you know, how does she draw that? No. If that makes sense. I must look her up, but I know what you mean. I think think it's honestly much more important to be unique than to be able to paint like someone else, if you know what I mean. Um, You were talking about emulating, people are emulating her work, and it's easy to do that. Um, I mean, I've seen it so many times, artists who almost, like, pluck a, a style off the shelf if you like um maybe they'll do a workshop with an uh, like an artist that they that they love um and instead of using the techniques they learned to improve their own work they they just try and master the style of that artist um i mean i, I won't name names here but there is one really um popular artist out there who is absolutely brilliant at what she does and is incredibly popular um so popular in fact that it's got to a point where um I can't actually tell her work from so many other artists who are doing the exact same thing. Um, I actually think that's a real shame for both her and the artists who are continuously emulating her style. Um, do you know what I mean? I mean, she she wrote a book um, basically saying, you know, what, what she does, how she does it. And I know she does a lot of workshops. And she has got this really lovely, unique style, but it's not really unique anymore because yeah. there's so many other artists that are doing exactly the same kind of thing. And I can honestly say that sometimes I can, because I follow her and I follow quite a few people on obviously artists and things. And quite often I'll see something and I go, oh, that's a so-and-so. And then I look at it and think, oh, it's not. But it it might, you know what I mean? It's it's so similar, and I kind of think that's a bit of a shame. And we, we need to find the confidence to be who we are, um, and remember that it's all about the creative process rather than producing something, you know, gallery worthy every time, and um, something that um, you know as good as someone else's. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be your own. Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the good things about the um, Art Journal January was that if you want to, you can use that as an experimentation book. Yeah. So it doesn't even have to be like your normal work. So if you wanted to do one, you don't necessarily have to do your normal sketching. You could try collage or something. You know, I must admit, I've got a bit lazy the last few days and I've just been doing kind of predictable things. But, you know, I have been trying other stuff in there and it'd be interesting to see, you know, if you kept that going, what you could come out of that, you know, what styles would emerge, that sort of thing. Mm, mm. yeah but it, it, it is it is a shame you do want to be original yeah you do and and when, all the time you're experimenting I mean you don't have to show everything online as well so if you to you know so um sometimes you, you're scared to sort of try something new because you think oh I'm I'm on this challenge and I need to show everything well you don't need to show everything so if you, if you think about that if you worry about that you're not going to enjoy the process anywhere near as much 
But I did have to share everything, didn't I, really? Well, I suppose we <laughs> might have to, might yeah. we? <laughs> so we've got to be embarrassed. If we can't be embarrassed, no one else can do it. No, can and they? actually I'm planning a show I'm planning a show. We're planning a show, aren't we, on uh, sharing your work with confidence at some point um this year. So look at <laughs> Once once one. we've got it. <laughs> yeah, well once we've got some <laughs> Um, so I just want to mention one of my worst inner critic moments, um, and that was, it must be about five or six years ago, and I was putting together a video course where I just put it together, so it was all about logo design, and I'd never made a video course up to that point, and so I put it on Udemy, which is a, a teaching sort of platform, and it literally almost made me feel sick that was doing it you know and these videos of me talking and trying to teach some because it's like imposter syndrome you get that you know well come on you're not good enough to teach that and and I was thinking well you know I'm not this big high-flying city you know logo designer that's won countless awards you know I'm just me who's made a good living from doing graphic design um so I put it up there and at the time I had a blog that was about design so I, I got a few people, managed to get a few people, to, you know, to come on to and either buy it or I gave a few giveaways. And they were really nice about it. But like you said, you don't know whether to believe those people. You know, you've always got that doubt in your head. And then um, it, it did end up doing really well. And I got, you know, really, really lovely reviews. But I still can't actually look at it now. It's still, you know, I don't want to watch it. But a friend said to me, you know, because I was worried about not being this, you know, high-flying designer. People look, people don't really want that. You know, beginners want something obtainable and real that they feel like, you know, they could actually do. They don't want this thing that's like a million miles away from them. They want some someone that's kind of a few steps away from them. So, you know, they can teach them what to do without it having to be perfection. Oh, I agree, definitely. And, and that's um, that's what I most loved when I... Um, discovered Danny Gregory I don't know if you I'm yeah. sure you yeah got his, his read work. his book at the moment yeah are you and yeah. his his work's just like a joy to look at but uh, the thing about him is he's not remotely intimidating um I really want to get him on the show at some point for an interview so we're going to work on that I think but you know he, he's I don't know what it is but when I I remember when I first sort of started out seriously drawing and seriously painting and whatnot and um uh, everyone just seems so intimidating and oh I'm never going to be that good and blah 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 but I don't know what it was about Danny I mean he's really famous for his work and and his work is is I don't know if he purposely does it in this naive way but it, it's not intimidating at all it's something everyone can do and I think that's the whole point that's why he did it he did does what he does because he wants people to to do it um and so, you know, I'm sure he's not sort of criticising every single drawing he does because he, he just goes about it with joy. He's not thinking about, oh, no, you know, the, perspex the perspective's off or he's not worrying about things like that. He's just doing it for the joy of doing it, which I think is by far the most important thing. And that's a really great way of, of kicking your inner critic's butt, isn't it? Just, um, you know, thinking I'm not even worried about what it's going to turn out like. I'm just going to do it and enjoy the process. I love his um, wobbliness of his I, lines. I, oh, yeah. it, it looks like uh, you can't tell if it's deliberate or not deliberate. I'm sure it is deliberate. But like, I saw a picture of he'd just drawn a book, you know, like a, just like a paperback or I don't know if it's a paperback or hardback book. But the cover, like the where you would normally draw it and you'd have a relatively straight line, it was such a massive curve. And I, I was thinking that's like me when I can't control my pen properly. But he looked yeah. brilliant. Mm. You know, a good a good exercise to try actually is to try draw, drawing with your left hand. Um, just draw something with your left hand, and then you'll kind. Of, I'm not suggesting Danny Gregory looks like he's drawn with his <laughs> other hand, but um, what I'm saying is that you you know then it's not going to be um, a perfect drawing. But what it will show you is a different a quirkiness to your drawing, something that you wouldn't normally do, and you've got that wobbliness, you've got that sort of naive it's almost like drawing like a child isn't it because you're using a hand that's just not used to you know being controlled like that so that's a that's quite a good um little exercise to try but yeah I mean I like I like Danny Gregory for that reason he's not at all intimidating I'm sure he started out just like that and I'm pretty sure over time he's got a lot lot better but I think now he 
possibly just does it like that anyway because that's what people know him for but um yeah i really enjoy his stuff my my um biggest issues with my inner critic has oh every time i go in the art studio i think i have this battle it's really weird isn't it sometimes i don't i must say every time when i'm doing something within my comfort zone well within my comfort zone um i don't particularly struggle too much i i tend to just brush it off and listen to something like a podcast or something and i I just focus on that as i'm working but with this great big commission i'm i'm doing which hopefully i've nearly nearly finished but um because it's out of my comfort zone i'm battling with myself every time i start i pick up the brush and think i've forgotten how to paint (laughs) Uh, how am i going to do this what's it you know and, and it's a real battle it's a real battle it's not an easy thing this painting lark is it really <laughs> no, how is that commission going then is it nearly there well obviously um obviously I've been away so I had to take a couple of weeks away from it and to be honest I think that's been a good thing because I think I'd been staring at it for too long um you especially when you're doing something so big and it take with thing with oils as well you can't just unless you're painting something in one hit you know like in one layer which I I can't do with this with marbles and things like that I need to do them in layers really um but yeah what I found is that before I went away I'd been just looking at it for way too long because you've got to wait for layers to dry and of course it's sitting there in the studio the whole time and you can see it every day and then you start almost sort of thinking oh gosh I hate this painting but it's not that I hate the painting at all it's because it's it's a challenge it's frustrating me I, I want to see it done I want to see it get past that skanky teenage stage that I talk about so often you know um it it is well and truly past that now thank goodness but what I did find was um when I came back from my holiday I walked into the studio having not seen it for sort of like two and a half weeks and um I saw it with completely fresh eyes and I thought, oh, actually, yeah, I think it's getting there. It's getting there. You know, it's not going to be long now. I feel like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So so hopefully it won't be long. And I'm really looking forward now to sort of doing some smaller ones and doing, <laughs> you know, going back to doing yeah. small paintings and doing something different. Because <laughs> you were really having a paddy with your inner critic on that one, weren't you? At the oh, beginning? yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can't do this. Why would it? You know, it's not. I mean, I paint marbles all the time. I can paint them with my eyes shut you know the little ones but this was just a whole different ball game I mean each marble is bigger than my head you know it's well significantly bigger than my head and it's just a you know it's really different painting at a large scale is it brings with it a whole new load of challenges that I didn't sort of I'd not sort of um had before and then there's that thing isn't it in your head oh you know oh can I, I don't think I can do it. I can't do this. I, you start off feeling such positive. Yes, I can't wait to get stuck in. And then you start it and then you're thinking, okay, that, that's going okay. And then you get a bit further and you think, hmm, you know, this is actually not as easy as I expected it to be. And then it sort of plummets downhill from there on. And you're, this immigrant critic is just yelling, saying, what are you doing? What, what were you thinking? You know, you can't, you can't possibly do this. But then it does quieten. It quietens as the layers go on and you start seeing improvements. And do you know what? Every time I work on this painting, my only, um, the only thing I'm wanting, I, I want to do is to improve it from what it was when I started so if I go in there with that sort of mission I'm going to walk out of here when it's slightly better than what it is now so I know that each time is just going to improve it a bit more and a bit more but it's a long process on such a big painting that's a trouble yeah you've got such patience I wouldn't have the patience Mm, I'm not sure I've got enough really (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it is a battle I think we all have that that voice I don't think it's nobody's alone here and it's just a matter of not listening it's hard it's hard or just just understanding like we said earlier it's not it's not there to make you stop it's there to make you improve do you know what I mean yeah it is that thing what you were saying before about the new things as well because I've got the possibility I don't know yet about doing some writing for someone just um some blog post writing Mm. it's still in discussion point in the minute um but it's that because I haven't, well, I've done it once, paid writing, but because I haven't really done much paid writing, it's that thing like, I don't know if I can do it. It's it's those, mm. it's those doubts, isn't it? But it, it's like that whenever I used to do a, a new type of graphics job that I'd never done before, 
you know, a bit out of your comfort zone, like your big painting. It's that, it's that doubt, but you get this most immense amount of satisfaction if you manage to do it. And if you didn't have, if nobody had that doubt, if we all went into work or went into our studios and just were was completely confident about it and we loved everything we did, I guarantee that we would never improve because we would be perfectly happy with what we've, we were doing all the time, which might feel nice, but you would never sort of improve any, any would you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, you um, wouldn't push yourself, would you? You, you wouldn't because... Unless you're fighting with this voice that's telling you you're not good enough, then you're not going to get any further. You're not going to improve. So it's so important to have it. It really is. But your blog, I mean, like I said to you, just send them a link to your own, (laughs) you know, and then they'll know exactly what they're getting. I always find it much more comfortable when somebody goes to my website and buys a painting that's there. You know, they're like, oh, can I buy that? Yes, please. You know, that's lovely. And and I'll... I'll send it to them and I'm happy and they're happy. A commission's a whole different ball game, isn't it? Like like somebody's asking you to write for them, perhaps, you know. It's yeah. different writing your own blog and then having to write for someone else. And it's different doing a painting that, you know, you would do anyway to doing a painting for someone else. And that's why with commissions, I actually don't take them on unless it's a subject I um, like doing. Um, I know I've taken on a much bigger commission than I normally would, but... Um, Certainly, I wouldn't have taken on a big commission of a landscape or something like that because it's just not what I do. Um, so if, if you know they were going to ask you to write, I don't know, <laughs> something completely out of your comfort zone, that would be difficult, wouldn't it? But if they look at your work and think, oh, actually, I like how she writes, and I, at least you know that they know what they're roughly what they're going to get, so you can be more confident. Yeah, I think I think the difficult thing is almost like what you're saying there. It's like I like to try and put a bit of personality, and it depends if they want personality. You know, as you're writing for a brand, you're not writing you, if you know what I mean. Well, it's their brand, isn't it? Yeah, not exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's different. It's it's almost like the commission thing. It's almost like you painting a landscape. It's yeah. I've got to think about it. I've got yeah, to get no. rid of that inner critic. <laughs> but but so how do you make yourself feel? better about yourself and kick you know kick that inner critic out of the way well um for one I will never well I say never I try very hard not to compare my work to anybody else's work for a start because I think that's a real killer isn't it (laughs) because there'll always be someone that you feel is better than you there's always however good you get there's always going to be a new goal goalpost do you know what I mean and somebody else that you want to get as good as do you know what I mean yeah um and the other thing as well is I try not to focus on where I want to be I try and look at where I was um I try and look at how far I've come as opposed to how far I've got to go I suppose um because that way I can sort of face that inner critic and say well you know you might be criticizing this but look at it compared to that what I was doing 10 years ago um and also, like I've said before, I am trying to see it in a different way. I'm trying to look at it as a, as a kind of more of a friend rather than a an enemy. In fact, Danny Gregory, um, he he spoke about inner critics in the past, and he actually had a podcast. I think it was called Shut Your Monkey. He's got a book called Shut Your Monkey, and um, that's what he calls his inner critic, his monkey. Um, and he said that by by giving your inner critic a kind of name and a voice and, you know, maybe drawing it and making it this little character, you can stop it being this horrible thing creeping out of the shadows. You can kind of make it something that's funny and you can just tell them to bog off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, and funny enough, I, as funny as that sounds, I did utilise those techniques. <laughs> have you got <laughs> um, an imaginary friend then, have you? Oh, yeah, I know. I talk to it all the time. No, I haven't got an imaginary <laughs> friend. But I, when, I, when it starts, I do see it as a, someone else other than myself. And I, I, But I see it as someone that is bantering with me I try, I try, or challenging me rather than being horrible. I've always been quite a sensitive person. Um, you know, from, from when I was really little, I was always very sensitive. If anyone was not, you know, a bit mean, it would really affect me. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, of course, having someone like that, having an inner critic, is not very nice. So, But I've learned to manage it. I've learned now to 
take it on the chin and just almost banter with it rather than feel that it's just being nasty. And now just that Jack Danny Gregory, what he, how he sort of spoke about it, it made me think, yeah, you're right. It's not being nasty. It's just, it's trying to help. It's just absolutely awful at communication skills. You know, it's just not very good at saying it in a nice way. Um, so what, what's, it it what's it called? What's yours called? Has it got a name? No, I haven't, I haven't got a name. I, ha- I must give it a name. Actually, let's all do that. Let's all give our inner critics a really bizarre name. <laughs> that might be the first step. <laughs> no, but I just see it as this little creature rather than a, a person. Or a, I just see it as this little funny little creature, really. Yeah. Well, me and Kevin used to have this, like talking about achievements, you know, and like thinking about the good things you've done. Me and Kevin, my, my partner, we, we did this stupid thing once. Of course, it was my idea. <laughs> I can't remember his, but it was one night after we were having a, a couple of wines with our dinner, and I said, you know, think about all the things you've done, like when you were a kid and stuff, and then you try and reword them so you could put them on your CV and they'd be really impressive now. So it'd be like, because like when I was about ten, I won a few art competitions. So okay, so that's you know, I've I've won art competitions, and then when I was little. I lived in America for a couple of years, so I would reword that as award-winning international artist. <laughs> <laughs> you can do, you can think of all these stupid things you've done in the past. Perfectly legal but, as well. <laughs> yes, but put, put a spin on them and how would, it's like politicians do, and then put it put it on your CV. <laughs> not, not that I really would put that on my CV, but you know, it was kind of, kind of funny. That, but that actually wouldn't be illegal to do. No, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So finally, I just wanted to. We, we did a question last time, didn't we? All the time before, because you were you went and left me last time. Yeah, we, one. we're going to save the questions not for the interview um, episodes, but for our own joint episodes, aren't we? Yes, that's right. But the last one we did though was that one. It was if you were stranded on a desert island and you could take only two creative items with you, what would they be? Um, so I'm just going to read out a few answers we had. Uh, Claire Dumphy, Jennifer Farley Illustration and Laura Renfrew all seem to like the idea of taking an iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil. Now I did point out to Claire that she would also need some sort of generator. <laughs> so, <laughs> so obviously, you know, we've got to be correct about these things. So but apparently you can actually get a solar charger. So we're all right there as long as we're allowed to take an extra item. Um, Alison Bromley was going to take unlimited paper and a pen that never runs out. So there's a lot of magic going on on this <laughs> island, island as well. Um, Mary Soldner, she just thinks she's on a day trip because she wants to take a Micron 005 black pen and a journal. She's going to write teeny tiny and make it last for the three hour tour. And you've got Evelyn Oldroyd. She's going to take good old pencil and paper. Um, yeah, I think that's all mine. You've got a few, I think, as well, haven't you? Yeah, um, okay, I was just looking at Romani, that's it, Romani, she says a lifetime supply of moleskins and four colour bics, uh, chopping batch, my watercolour kit and journal, not sure how long, long that would last, that's the only trouble. I think, I think isn't it Chopin back? Oh, I don't know. I think it might be the composers, I'm not sure. <laughs> No, I think we'd have to edit that out. <laughs> have to redo no, it's that. funny. Leave it in. It's funny. Okay, well, we'll leave that in. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Chopin back. I could be wrong. You're right. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to let you read that one out. You read that one and I'll read it. <laughs> you've done it now. I can't <laughs> say it now. <laughs>
things be? Well, you see, I'd be, I'd be very boring. And I would say what a lot of people say, which is the iPad Pro and the pencil. But obviously, you'd have to have a solar generator. And as you've just got one. I know. I finally did. I finally got one. When we were on holiday, it was quite funny. We just um, we were walking through the airport um, and we'd just gone into the run lounge, dumped our bags and whatnot, and um, said, oh, let's go out and have some decent coffee because you pay £25 a person to go in this run lounge and there's the coffee is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> Never bother going in there in the morning, only in the afternoon. Um, so we thought we'll go out and have a coffee. We walked towards the coffee shop and there was a uh, like an electrical shop there and Paul said, oh, why don't we go in, pop in there just out of interest to see um, how much an iPad Pro is compared to the high street. And I just looked at him and thought, really? Because I was—I've been saving for one of these things for a while. And um, and he, yeah, he he took me in and he said, oh, and it worked. I think it only worked out about 150 quid cheaper for for that and the pencil. Um, so yeah, so we picked one up. And I spent my whole holiday thinking I can't wait to get home and try out my iPad Pro. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I didn't even unbox it on holiday. What? Why did you unbox it? The reason was because I. You normally, you know, at the end of the holiday, and you're so you're so sad that you've got to go home back to normal and <laughs> back to the rain and the rest of it. And I thought if I don't open it, it's going to give me something to really look forward to when I get back. So that's why. And actually, I, I'm unboxing it tonight. Oh, <laughs> you doing a, you're doing a video, the unboxing <laughs> video. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll spare every because I'll be one, like one of those children you see on those um, Christmas morning videos. You know, when they open, they start screaming and. And jumping up and down but yeah I what will happen is I'll get I'll open this iPad Pro and you'll be bombarded with emails and and calls how do I do this how do you do that you tell me how you do this <laughs> well you messaged me but I don't know if you'd already bought it but you messaged me to find out where I was didn't you before you bought it or when you're at the airport oh, yeah yeah I just wanted yeah. to make sure I was going to get the right one yeah. <laughs> that's how bad I am I just don't know but um yeah, there's this thing on it, isn't there? Procreate, I think, is an app yeah. on it. That's what you use, isn't it? To do your cartoons or something. Yeah, it? I mean, I don't make full use of it. There's some people that do some absolutely amazing stuff, like really hyper-realistic. But yeah, you know it, what? In December, we've got Digital December. We'll both have to take part in that. Oh, then, won't yeah. We? No, definitely. Mm. Uh, so have we got another question? We have, haven't we? Uh, yeah. Are you going to do the question? No, you can do it if you okay. like. Okay. Even though it's under Sandra in red. Oh, <laughs> no, I'll do it. Okay, you do it. Then. Go on then. Yeah. So the question is, um, we're asking everyone this question so that we can read out the answers again um, on our next episode. And the question this time is, which artist, writer, or other creative would you most like to spend a day with, and what would you do? Yeah. So we've got a few great answers already. Did you just say that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I've lost the plot now. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we've already got some fantastic um, answers, but we wanted to put that up and see what else, you know, everybody else thought as well, because I'm sure there's some fab artists out there. Put question back on the the page as well and, and yeah. whatnot so that people can see it again. And you can literally write your answers, you know, underneath. That would be great, and we can read some of them out next time. Yeah, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us those answers at... Uh, at kicking at kick creatives not kicking the creatives just kick creatives or let us know in the facebook group and if you haven't joined that go and join that it's just kicking the creatives facebook group and there's people in there and we're just sharing artwork we're talking about art answering questions that sort of thing and also we're on instagram um and i don't know if i want to give should we just give a quick reminder about the challenges coming up well, by the time this airs, I suspect we'll be midway, well, partway through, won't we? <laughs> oh, that's, that's true. But if you are listening and you haven't joined yet... We, we have February Fables. February Fables. You've definitely still got time for this. So February Fables, um, that is where we're challenging you to uh, write and um, complete a fairy tale or a children's story um, by the end of February. And we don't mean um, it has to be edited and ready to publish we are looking for the first draft um ready to edit so um 
that uh, there is a page on our website at kickinthecreatives.com. If you click on February and go to February Fables, it will explain how to get the best out of that challenge. And there's lots and lots of tips. And, um, and you've actually created, haven't you, Tara, lots of um, prompt cards and things to help people with ideas and whatnot. So that's a great one. I've written a great one for someone who loves to write or who's never actually written but has always wanted to. Um, and the other one, Tara, you can say this one. Yeah, we've got February Faces, which is where you create a face um, every day of February. So that can either be drawing, you can sculpt it, you can create it in college, anything you like really, but just create a face every day. And just like we've got the inspiration sheet for February Fables, for the Faces one, we've got a sheet that you can download. Well, it's a few sheets actually, it's a PDF, and it's got a prompt for every day, completely optional, so you can do whatever you like really. But there's a prompt and each day there's three possible pictures you could draw if you wanted to. But we've also got a Pinterest board that's got more reference on as well. And obviously, if you don't want to draw any of those, that's absolutely fine. Draw or paint or sculpt, whatever you like. So, yeah. yeah we, I mean, sorry, go on. Have, Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't have time to do much else, I would definitely say that the two places um, to really look at is certainly the website, obviously, because that's where you find all those other extra bits. Um, but also the Facebook group. I mean, if you join the group, feel free to, you know, share tips and, um, you know, ask questions. And that's the place to be where, you know, this whole community is, is slowly building. And it is building. There's quite a, a lot of people joined already, which is great. Uh, is that it? Is that all we got to say this time? I think so. I think so. Just, um, oh, and the newsletter. Just to mention, oh, yes. we also have a newsletter. It's worth signing up for the newsletter because um, if you sign up, what will happen is you'll get a, a newsletter at at the end of each month reminding you of the challenges that are coming up for the month after so that's worth doing it's not going to be a lot of waffle it's, it's going to be telling you about the challenges coming up so if you love a challenge that's definitely one to sign up for and you can do that again at the website yeah i suppose we better go do a bit of work i'm gonna have a lot of editing to do i think <laughs> <laughs> or should i just leave it all in i'll just leave it all in yeah well well you see what you think It'll only be 10 minutes long if you cut too much out. That's true, that's right. <laughs> right, well, it's nice to talk to you, Tara. Yeah. We'll chat again soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon. <laughs>